Russia. Russia. Russland. Russia. Привет and hello to the Why Russia podcast. In this podcast, we ask foreigners who live in Russia one simple question. Why Russia? Today, we're connected with John, an Australian farmer with a big family who's currently living in Siberia. John, welcome to the podcast. Maybe to start the conversation, you can introduce yourself. Hi, my name is John. As Thomas said, I'm an Australian. I'm here with my family. I have my wife, three of my children and a son-in-law. We also have grandchildren all living here in Novosibirsk. And we've been here for, well, the kids have been here for nearly three years and I've been here for just over a year now. So it's quite rare to see an Australian in Siberia, I guess. So what inspired you to make the decision to move with your family from Australia to Siberia? And also, when was the first time when you were in Russia? My first time to Russia was in 2011. I had met a guy back in Western Australia who had previously lived in Russia, actually in St. Petersburg for, I think, nearly over a decade. And he said, oh, I'm planning to go back to Russia next year. Would you like to come along? And I'd always had a general interest in that part of Russia, you know, as I've traveled a lot around the world and Russia was a place that sort of, you know, to the Western is a little bit mysterious, a little bit unknown because you only ever get glimpses through what the media says. And that can be quite tainted for want of a better word. So in 2011, I came the first time. And I met a bunch of people here. And on that trip, I was here for a couple of weeks. And I am also a builder by profession. And when they found out that I was a builder, this was like a, a humanitarian group. They had said they'd want to build a building next year. And so then I came the following year. And I, I think I came four or five times in the years after to help them build different buildings. And so that was my initial exposure to Russia and how I began to find out what Russia was really like. And then you made the big step to move from Australia to Siberia. So what made you decide to move? During those trips that I was coming to help build, on, on a couple of those trips, I brought my whole family along with me so that they could see what Russia was like, not just myself and my son. Because, you know, I would go back and would explain to them, you know, the things I'd seen, the things that I was experiencing, how it was different from, you know, what was generally portrayed as Russia. So I brought everyone here and began to show them. And we could see, to me, when I first came, I thought, boy, Russia is like the Wild West. There was just so many different opportunities. There was a lot of roughness. And, you know, it's not like in Australia or in America or these other countries where everything's a bit more finished and there's a system to do things here. There's not so much of a system. You've got to be creative and you've got to have some ingenuity about how you're going to get things done. And to me, That really appeals to me. I like to be able to have that opportunity to try different things and to get out there. The other thing that sort of prompted us to move was obviously with our farming in Australia, we could see that Russia had huge potential for farming. You know, Russia still to this point, I think only farms about 50 to 60% of its available farmland that was farming under the Soviet system. So there's just an immense opportunity for farming here in Russia. And that's something that as a family, we, we wanted to pursue. Farming in Australia is becoming extremely expensive and extremely regulated. You know, you, it's basically got to be a multi-million dollar operation for it to become profitable. And I know many from European people I speak to, you know, it's becoming so regulated, it's driving 
the small farmer out of business, where Russia, on the opposite, is trying to encourage small farmers to really build a strong farming industry here. So that really attracted us. Uh, one of the other things is, you know, we're quite a conservative family. We saw things in Australia going against that, going away from family. One of the other professions that I did for about six years, I was involved in the prison system in Australia. And, you know, I could see many things that were coming in from a governmental level, which were disturbing to me. And so as I did more and more research into Russia and the things they were doing, I felt more and more compelled to want to move to Russia. And that began the whole process of, well, how do we do it? Before making the big move to Siberia, how did you guys prepare and how did you guys research about Russia? And did you learn the language already beforehand? What is the process before coming to Russia? As far as preparing, you know, I think for anybody who wants to come to Russia, you have to, you have to get on a plane and you have to get on a plane with an open mind. Don't come to Russia expecting it to be like where you came from. You know, if I come to Russia expecting to be like Australia, I would have just turned around and gone home. But if you come to Russia with an open mind and with a sense of finding out how things are done, then you'll get a much clearer picture of what Russia's really like. So we, as I mentioned before, we had traveled to Russia quite a few times, been to a few different parts of Russia. So we were quite familiar with what Russia was like. It was quite interesting in the years between say 2011 and when we sort of finally made it here in 2019, I could see, you know, quite big changes in the way Russia was operating. It was growing, its economy was growing, you know, things were improving all the time. So that was very encouraging for us. As far as learning the language goes, we had done some language studies, you know, you learn the sort of the base stuff and, and then when you realize you get here, you straight away know how much you don't know, you know, you, you can say, hi, how are you? And you know, what's your name and where are you from and those sorts of things. But the more you get here, you realize, oh. I need to really need to learn my Russian language. And that is the number one skill that I would say to anybody who's thinking about moving to Russia or even just to spend some time here, learn the language because learning the language unlocks the Russian people and being able to talk and just communicate. And you straight away begin to see that Russian people aren't so different to people anywhere else in the rest of the world, you know. Some people say, oh, Russian people are a little bit unfriendly. They don't talk to you. They don't... Well, if you don't speak the same language, it's hard to talk to somebody. But I found the complete opposite. When you can begin to have a conversation with somebody here in Russia, man, they are super helpful. They will help you whatever way they can. And I found that to be very um, true across nearly all areas. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the challenges you face during the process of moving to Siberia. Yeah, for us moving to Russia, initially we all came on a student visa and then, so all of us came here, we flew over here, we sort of got established in a place. I still had my farm in Australia, which I had to go back and sell. So I was here for three months and then my wife and I went back to Australia to sort of try and finish finalize selling our farm in Australia. That process took just on a year. So by the time we were ready to come back, COVID had hit. And basically all international travel was shut down and Australia in particular had completely shut its borders. People going in, people going out. We had to apply for, you know, a special permission to leave Australia at that time. And, and by that time, our current student visa, which we still had, had run out. 
and Russia was not offering any new visas to anybody at that time. It was just a closed thing. So we actually spent nearly a year traveling between out of Australia because we'd left Australia traveling around. We actually spent time in Switzerland, in Turkey, in Armenia, in Belarus, different countries, you know, to get into any country at that time was, was hard because of the, the COVID thing. And during that time, Russia began to change its immigration laws. It changed the way it issued its study visa. So we couldn't get one of those. And then we tried for a business visa and then that stumbled for different reasons. And after about a period of a year, we came through a work opportunity. We got offered a specialized work visa and that's how we got back into the country. And since actually we're here under that particular visa that we came in on, it was supposed to be the opportunity that after six months, you could apply for permanent residency. And then after 12 months, you can apply for citizenship. But before we got to that stage of the visa, Russia had changed and said, no, that's no longer available. We could stay on our current visa, but we were entitled to get the permanent residency part of it. So that began the process. Fortunately, built into that visa was the opportunity for us to be able to apply for a temporary residency, um, which is which is quite hard to get if you don't have, you know, family here or some kind of other connection to Russia. But we were able to get that as a funny story. Our kids were here on study visas. The laws changed that they would not be renewing our visa. And actually my youngest daughter put out, she has a YouTube channel and she put out a, uh, a little video, maybe only a couple of minutes long to please Mr. Putin help us. We can't stay. And she received an immense amount of support from people who were following her channel. It was picked up by news channels and there was news stories about us. And so the kids were on television and we heard at that time there was there was like something well over a thousand letters written. There's a special website that you can write a question to Mr. Putin, sort of his office and put in a request to them. And we were told that well over a thousand people had written to that office to say, can you help these people? And we still don't know to this day what really happened, but after a number of certain events, they ended up getting into the temporary residency quota and then subsequently got temporary residency. So that began the journey for them. So even to this day, the visa situation is a little bit tricky to come in. I know the Russian government is from the best I understand through talking with a good friend of mine, who's a lawyer in Moscow, Tamor, which I believe you, you know, as well, you know, he's working with the government and they're trying to come up with a sustainable way to have people immigrate to Russia, uh, who want to not only stay here, but contribute rather than just open the doors to everybody. And you end up with a, a mass immigration crisis, like we've seen in many other countries. You mentioned already the YouTube content that you and your family are putting out. I create content. I always look forward to the new video. So I know you guys are looking for a farm in the Altai mountains. So how is the situation there? Did you guys find the farm or are you still looking? We have our eyes on a farm. It's a bit smaller than we had thought originally only because I haven't found the perfect farm yet. So in my desire to get out of the city, we found a beautiful piece of land and we will start there. We hope to start building as soon as the snow melts this year. And that farm is about 10 acres or just over six hectares. So it's a small farm as far as we're concerned, but it's a good way for us to be at least down in the area to obviously continue to build our knowledge about farming here in Russia. And also I've got some good friends who are already farming down there. Um, so we can, we can continue to build a network for starting a farm. 
Always for me, it's interesting. Why did you guys choose to go to Siberia and then are looking in the Altai Mountains for the farm? Why are you not going to like South Russia, like Krasnodar or someplace like that? Is it different to farm in Siberia or in the Altai Mountains, especially when you compare it to Australia? Or how do I have to imagine farming in such a cold climate? Certainly enough, the difference between farming in somewhere like Australia to farming in somewhere like Siberia and Altai in Australia, obviously, particularly where we were from in the west of Australia, our summers are extremely dry. And so over summertime, there's very little feed for your animals. And there's a lot of heat stress on them and things like that. So it's really just another perspective to farming. So instead of dealing with a hot and dry, we're now dealing with the cold conditions. And I would say that it's actually easier to farm in the cold than it is to farm in like a, a dry desert style environment because under the snow, even no matter how cold it is, there's always green grass under the snow. So as long as the cattle can access it and you've managed your, your grass as well during the summer season, there's food for your cows out in the fields. You have to have a little bit more protection from, you know, so you can get them out of the wind. So the cold doesn't bother them too much. But if you run the right, if you run the right animals, you know, cows that are used to cold weather, breeds that are used to cold weather, then you can farm quite successfully here in the Siberian winter. So this is another interesting question. Are there different animals? You mentioned already that the cows maybe in Siberia are a little bit more robust than the cows living in the warm climate. Are there generally different animals living in Russian farms in Siberia than in Australian farms? And what is your ultimate goal with the farm? Do you have an idea how the farm could look like in 10 years and five years? What would be your goal? Yes, there are definitely breeds that do better in the cold. For example, we actually had some of these cows in Australia as well. They're called the Galloway breed. And these cows actually have two layers of a hair coat on them. So they're much more resilient to the cold weather than say a Brahmin or a, more of a hot weather breed. So you get breeds like Galloway, like Angus does well, Hereford does well, just different breeds that have generally come from colder climates. Like a lot of uh, breeds that have come originally from Scotland do very well in cold weather. You can essentially breed bison, but you know, that's a much harder <laughs> breed of animal to, to take care of. We are looking to farm with those particular breeds. Uh, there's not a lot of Galloway here in Russia at the moment. There's much bigger Angus herds here and a very prevalent breed here in, in the Altai region in particular is the Hereford. And they're a good, strong, robust animal that can handle the cold quite well. They put on a good, strong winter coat and they're a medium sized cow that can handle the weight. Some of the bigger animals that you get, which, which you really see in Australia and sort of the American market where they have these massive cows, they become very susceptible to cold, whereas these small, slightly smaller ones can handle the cold much better. So in that sense, we are hoping to start developing a, a good size, uh, uh, cattle herd that we can build up. And that takes time to build a good herd. So that's going to be our focus to find good breed stock or good animals that we can build up into a good size herd. And then obviously while we're down there, we're going to keep looking for a, a bigger property that we can obviously expand into. You guys are certainly pioneers and there are not so many Australian farmers, I guess, in Siberia. But when we talk about other Western farmers, are there any in Siberia and also in Russia, maybe generally, is there maybe already some community of Western farmers who move to Russia? Yes, there is. I know a couple of guys, one guy who I'm very good friends with, who has a cattle farm down in Altai already, 
He's running Herefords and he's actually originally from Kazakhstan and then was over in America for, I think, over a decade. And then he's come back to move into farming here in Russia because, you know, he had very similar uh, ideals to what I have about the future of America. That actually, as you're down there, you, you begin to go, oh, look, there's the guy from Switzerland. You meet a guy from Germany. Actually, on one of our YouTube channels, which is coming out next week, there is a story of a business here. It's called Econiva. It's a, it's a massive company here in Russia. And that was started by a Swiss guy. And he's got a massive farm, like huge farm here in Russia. So yeah, there's definitely a community of people, of foreigners. I don't know if there's a, a group where they all sort of get together and talk yet. Hopefully I'll, if there is one, I'll find out about that because that would be helpful. But yeah, there is definitely a number of foreigners who have come to Russia because they've like us, they've seen the same opportunity and want to, you know, go ahead and build a future for themselves here. And you came to Russia, of course, you had some conceptions, you were already there beforehand, but what was the most surprising thing for you and your family after you moved to Russia? I thought it would be harder to, to be accepted by the Russian people. Whereas, you know, it almost doesn't matter who we meet in Russia. You know, they're just fascinated by a foreigner who wants to come to Russia. Most Russians just can't believe that a foreigner would want to come and live in Russia. And one of the things that we always have is trying to encourage Russians that you actually live in a really good place. And, you know, all we hear about all the time that Russians are leaving to go somewhere else. But, you know, what we say to them is, you know, a lot of the who do that start to realize that Russia wasn't such a bad place after all. So as far as misconceptions, you know, Russia's not a scary place. We could have a misconception back in our home country because of things that we've seen. And particularly right now is, you know, the things that's going through the news and stuff like that. I would encourage anybody who has a, an open mind and is willing to step out of the comfort zone. I mean, for anybody who's traveled anywhere else in the world, if you just go there and whether it's Russia or Vietnam or somewhere in South Africa, if you just go there with an open mind and, and talk to people, you'll begin to see that. There's nothing scary about moving to a new country. As we all know, there's quite a tense political situation right now between the Western countries and Russia at the moment. So Germany, for example, is considered an unfriendly country now. And Australia, mm -hmm. I believe, is also considered an unfriendly country. So do yeah, you feel correct. any animosity against you in your daily life by Russians because you're from this unfriendly country? Oh, no, not at all. Not, not at all. Being from an unfriendly country has, has only made it hard for things like we wanted to get some documents sent across from Australia to Russia for part of our visa program, but now there's no mail system between Australia and Russia. So that's the only way that sort of being from an unfriendly country has affected us. Not internally being here in Russia, not at all. No difference whatsoever. And maybe some other people, they also want to move now to Russia after listening to this conversation or following the, your YouTube channels. What advice do you have for other farmers or maybe just regular people who want to move also to Siberia? Maybe they want to move to a warmer climate, not <laughs> Siberia. Maybe they want to move yeah. to Krasnodar region yeah. or someplace like that. What yeah. should they consider before deciding to relocate to Russia? If you haven't been to Russia, you need to try and find some good sources of information. There's lots of channels on YouTube where you can you know, see Russians who are living here, you get an idea of what it's like for life here in Russia. There are quite a few foreigners who have channels, a bit like us, who put out information. That's one of the big reasons why we put out our YouTube information is so that other people can see that what Russia's really like, you know, from a point of view that's not Western media or mainstream Western media from that point of view. 
As far as advice for foreigners who want to move here, as I said before, it's the language. Uh, that is the biggest skill by far that you can, you can do to make it easier to move to Russia. Like I've explained to, to other people who, who have talked to us about this and to my children before we came, every skill that I had in Australia, you know, as, you know, whether it be building, whether it be whatever my profession was, my, I still have here in Russia, but the only thing that holds me back is my ability to speak and interact with other people, the information that I have. So once you have that language ability, everything becomes really quite easy. And as I mentioned before, Russian people in general are, are very helpful. If they can do something to help you, they will more so than somebody in a Western country. They just go out of their way to try and help you if they can. They'll put you in touch with somebody they know, or, you know, they'll, they'll drop what they're doing to go and do it with you. It's quite amazing. So definitely language and get some good advice about visas. I don't know whether you could put in your contact details, like Tamors, the lawyer that I know, he's very up to date with what's going on with the changes as far as immigration goes and trying to find a relevant visa for you to be able to come. The hardest thing is if you come here and then you have to leave the country to get another visa issued, it can become very expensive. So you really want to make sure that you can get the right visa to come in from so you don't have to leave the country to, to make a visa change of some sort. So things like that make it, make it much easier if you've got that sorted before you come. You mentioned the language barrier. And for me, it's quite interesting. People, when they're younger, they learn a language easier, right? But how do you learn Russian in your age? What kind of tips, what, what kind of tips do you have for the audience? Yeah. Uh, I'm very blessed that I have my youngest daughter, Sabrina, who has a YouTube channel. She picks up my language really quickly and she is my personal tutor. So our goal for this year to get my Russian up to a truly conversational stage, but really language equates to time. You just got to spend time. That's why I think my, they say most adults find it hard because we just don't commit enough time to it. Whereas a child who's learning a language is sort of engrossed it and doesn't consider the time factor. But if you as an adult put the time in, you'll learn the language just fine. You mentioned already the YouTube channels. Maybe you can tell us how the audience can find all the different YouTube channels. You as a family, you have, I think, like four YouTube channels. Maybe you can tell us how they can find it. Okay, so on YouTube, my youngest daughter, her channel, she does in Russian and she has English subtitles. Her channel is called Russian Homestead Girl. My son has a channel, he's called Russia Guy uh, on YouTube. My, my son-in-law and daughter with their three children have a channel called Backyard Russia. And I have a channel called Barely Russian, which I haven't done much on just recently, but my son and I have got some big changes coming on our channels. Because we work together so much, it's hard to come up with unique content. And I'm very much a person who doesn't want to waste somebody's time. Thank you very much for your time. And I will continue following you on YouTube because I want to know how it will continue with the farm. What is there, the update and so on. I'm quite hooked on the content. So thank you very much. No, thank you. We plan to get down there, start the farm. So we'll be building, we'll be setting up, do that sort of stuff. So hopefully that the content will live up to its reputation. Awesome. We'll look forward.